All right, cool. So let's uh, let's get into this. Uh, you ready? Uh, I I um blah blah blah. Welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from the books we're reading to the latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I am Nathan Kirschbaum, and joining me is... Hey, this is Al Nutilli. Hey, Al. How's it going? You know, crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's been a while, huh? Yes, yes. Yeah. Four months. Woo! Woo! Yeah. But well, we've learned a lot since then, and, and now we have more to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, it's been a busy four months. Um, yeah, yeah, lots of stuff going on. Anything in particular we should? Uh, I mean, we, we, before we jump right into uh, news and other happenings, uh, anything in particular stand out for you? For anything you've been working on over the last four months? Um, just uh, we'll talk about some of it today with feature flags, which would be our main topic, and then we'll drag on some other topics later on in the in episodes about CloudFormation, AWS. Uh, and then continuous delivery, deployment, integration, and uh, those type of things have been going on. Cool. How about you? Lot, lots, lot, a lot of that. A lot of that. Um, I, I haven't been um, doing as much as you, but we've been, we've been, um, you know, trying to get our. I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it in terms of like the thinking uh, in terms of mainline and 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 how we can build tests in a way that are that are kind of like contributes to that type of continuous delivery thinking. Um, and we've been doing a lot there and just doing some really interesting feature work. Um, also in my, in my, just kind of on the side in, in my free time, I've been enjoying, um, doing more work on repo man. So that's been going pretty well. Oh, yeah. we've, we've got a bunch of you people using it and actually had uh, a couple weeks ago had our, our, um, first, uh, paid user, which was pretty exciting. We're, we're in a community beta mode. So I, no one has to be paying actually, but it, so the person who, you know, the first person who decided to pay just decided to do it, I guess, to be nice, which is, which is just awesome to like have your, and it's the first app I, I for, for the first, the first SaaS app I've ever built. And it's yeah. just, um, that's just fun when you get your first, uh, subs, you know, first subscriber. Um, you're going to hang it on your wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the printout of the Stripe, yeah, of the Stripe awesome. transaction. It'd be cool. It's uh, very modern day. Yeah. It's cool. Um, but it's been going well, you know, it's, I'm, I'm learning a lot. And so it's been, that's been a lot of fun. And of course, um, you know, just the regular day in and day out stuff has been really interesting too. So, um, but I am excited to get back into things here with the podcast. There's been a lot going on. I think there's a lot of juicy things we can, um, we can dig into. So I'm excited about that. Um, before we go any further, though, let me just uh, take a moment. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, actually, PHP Architect. Um, if you haven't heard of PHP Architect before, uh, they are pretty awesome. It's a PHP magazine. You can um, you can check them out either in print or online, uh, and they have like a digital subscription too, so it'll be delivered on your uh, your wireless device there as well. Um, but they have been continuously published since 2002. Uh, they're the only technical journal dedicated exclusively to the world of PHP. Uh, they do all kinds of stuff. They have uh, trainings. They did a cruise ship uh, kind of conference. They do all kinds of stuff. They have books. Uh, they even have PHP swag. So uh, check them out. And thank you guys for your continued uh, sponsorship and support. Uh, Al and I really appreciate it. 
Um, so yeah, should we just jump into the news and other happenings then? Yep, let's do it. All right. All right, so uh, the first one is uh, PHP Arc. They have a new, uh, or not so new, because there's going to be another one in June. They have May's out, uh, May Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one had a good article by Ben Ramsey. Does that ring a bell? It does. Where's Ramsey in our code base? Oh, the UUID. Exactly. Oh, gosh. So yeah. he wrote about uh, OAuth 2, and um, uh, I can't remember exactly, but he has written some stuff around OAuth 2, uh, as the article talks about. Um, but he just goes through a lot too, and he and he tries to break it down in the different types, uh, you know, person uh, using it or client uh, server system using it uh, or application application, and he does a good job of breaking it down, uh, and he goes through using a client and, and how to use that, and all of it around PHP leagues OAuth. So it's nice, and it shows you how, how valuable of a tool it is as we build things that talk to each other, yeah, uh, and share data. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm curious. Maybe we'll talk about this more later on because I'm curious how, um, like, I know we've, we've obviously used OAuth for a bunch yeah, of our projects, yeah. but we've also started going towards yeah. a bit of a simpler model. The Laravel um, 5.2 token. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm, yeah. I mean, like, I'm curious to hear from you, like, uh, either now or later, like, um, just in terms of, like, why would, you know, what, what are some of the reasons you would choose OAuth over yeah. Like Laravel's simple solution, you know. I'm sure. No, it's it's good questions. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah. Like we've done before. Mostly, we went with the newer Laravel way because our needs are so simple. Right. But once your needs com- get more complex, OAuth two just fills them in, like different scopes per token, right. uh, timing based tokens that you have to renew them, so they have a whole new uh, refresh. They have a whole refresh system yeah, built good, in. Good point. Yeah. So it's it's intricate stuff. And that's one of our problems is we don't use intricate. Uh, our needs aren't intricate. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was building a true SaaS product that had to do the things that everything else is doing, like Twitter and so forth, then, yeah, you go OAuth 2. Right, right. Makes sense. Cool. Uh, well, one thing I wanted to bring up, I saw an article fairly recently about um, Vue.js uh, version 2.0, which caught my eye. Um, and right now I'm treating this like Angular 2.0 where it's a ways, it's a ways off, but it's just kind of interesting to look into. Uh, as I think I mentioned before, I used Vue on, uh, RepoMan.io, the, the SaaS app. And, and I actually started using it before one was even out, um, since I've upgraded it to one and, uh, use the component system there. And it's, it's, it's really nice. Um, you know, there's still some limitations, um, yeah, yeah. Both have their plus and minuses in terms of whether you're considering Vue or Angular. But I thought it was interesting, this this article that I'll we'll link to. It's actually by, it's a Medium article by Evan Yu, who's, of course, the, uh, the creator of Vue. Um, and I won't go into all the details here, but just some really interesting things in terms of, like, how, you know, Vue is known anyway for being really fast um, and kind of its listening system or its digest system being quite different than other frameworks out there. Um, but he's saying this one is, is even leaner and faster, uh, something like four times faster, I think, uh, which is a pretty good in- improvement. Um, some updates to like virtual DOM and how, uh, you know, how you think about virtual DOM and how, uh, the, the kind of like up the component updating system works, um, which is, which is some really welcome updates. Um, some interesting, and I think a little controversial, uh, updates in terms of how, t- how you can now use either t- uh, it'll they'll allow you to use either templates or JSX, um, hmm. which I don't really know that much about. I, I just read a little bit about it, but I know that there was some flare ups on Twitter over this um, in terms of being able to use Volth. I don't know what I don't know what that's yeah. all about. Um, other cool stuff. I won't go into all of it. Stre- you, stre- are you still enjoying it? Um, I do enjoy it. What I yeah. found is that 
Um, I think I was a bit of an early adopter. Like I'm, I can make it work and it's, it's very like 99% of the time it's just super pleasant to use. And it's, you know, I, now I know angular really well too. So Angular's no problem, but in terms of like approachability yep. view is just like very easy. I love how it's like component, like you can turn it into components very easily out of the box without, um, the, 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 like the, the convention is not as hard to learn, like learning angular, good angular convention. So you can work with a team. Uh, it's a lot, it's a, it's, you know, there's a lot to it. Uh, views a lot simpler. Uh, so that's nice. I have run into some bottlenecks with like trying to do complicated things. Um, and just kind of like running into like areas that haven't been polished yet. Uh, none of it's insurmountable. Um, but you know, uh, there's been a couple a couple occasions where I was like, man, if we were using Angular, like this would have been done in 15 minutes, and you know, now we spent half a day on it. Uh, but, but you know, we're, we're learning a lot about the framework, and even have you know potential opportunities to contribute back in some ways. So yeah, I, I don't regret it, but it's they're definitely I've run into a couple of things yeah. where where it's kind of like, uh, yeah, this is what you get for using cutting edge technology. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's right. fine. Well, we're going to do an episode on that later where we test uh, something in Vue and then, uh, sorry, Vue and then in Angular ah, 1.5. He's finally made the conversion. Yeah, I will. Hey, if he says it that way, I'll say it. Um, I don't know so, if he really says it that way. I'm just oh, telling geez. you that he Crap. says it that way. I got to go find out. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, you know, we're, we did an Ionic app late, late, uh, recently, uh, someone on the team did, and you realize, you know, our choices aren't just about a website, it's about, uh, uh, mobile applications, and then you see Ionic using Angular, right. and you got to wonder, like, okay, why why are we using Vue uh, on the website and then Angular on a on a mobile app? And you could see the challenges there, right? Um, so the next article is event sourcing by Martin Fowler. It's it's 14 years old <laughs> or something <laughs> like that, but it's just an interesting read. Um, and it's a it's a it's a technique I've been wanting to use. Uh, as we try to assess the value of our applications, um, but also troubleshoot them because you could plug this in and you can send all this data to a particular place and that place could be filtered and, and looked at by the different people, managers, developers, to see all the events happening in the system, requests coming in, responses going out, model events and everything. So is this, uh, is this just kind of like a, a hub, so to speak, like a cent- basically like a centralized uh, storage area that's like, or a message broker that's a little smarter than that in terms of being able to well it's it's more about an idea right it's a it's about the idea of event sourcing where you trigger events um in 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 you and you dump them somewhere that can be parsed right Mm, mm. and and so in 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 there's actually some strategies around this too i forget the word for it but basically where to figure out the requirements for a project you try to outline the events that the business owners are asking for. And so you actually can model your whole system around events, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's really about um, tracking every single change in your application, every single um, request or response. And like, oh, the, the model was updated. Give me the, let me know that and maybe give me the state of the model at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and it has a lot of value like for troubleshooting, but also to see what's going on uh, who did what, when did they go to where, um, and not about the person, but like, what is our system doing and how's it being used? Hmm. Um, and then you could go back to the point of rolling back and be like, how did this happen? Let me roll back and see, uh, at at like a transaction level Hmm. and and having that, 
mix with your logs is kind of nice because you'd be like, hey, why did this person's product not make it out of the shopping cart? But right there you see a log error that's like, oh, you know, database was not connectable. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there's value to having it all in one place, even if some of it seems to be irrelevant to a manager. Right. No, totally. Uh, The the other thing that that like kind of is, I think is interesting about that is like maybe, maybe the ability to play back events as well. Yeah. So if you, you know, it's like, so think about it. It's kind of interesting. Like, um, I I don't know if this is a real life scenario that where you'd actually do this, but like imagine a system that was like around for a month and, uh, all these had, these events had occurred. Um, but you like add a new feature that, you know, in addition to, in addition to what you were doing already now going forward, you're going to, uh, send that event off to, I don't know, let's keep it simple. Let's say Lambda. And there's there's some Lambda function that's going to like g- generate a special thumbnail image or something, right? Some, something silly, yeah. right? Like now when you're in terms of like, it makes it, it makes some interesting solutions possible with, um, with getting kind of like historical data up to date, right? So like, yeah. so for example, I could just replay back every message for the last yeah. month um, and sending it just to Lambda to have to have it processed instead of having to write some complicated script to like go figure out what assets I need to make sure have you know get this new treatment or not um, yeah so it's yeah. kind of interesting no it is it is and um, uh, you know in, in other things too like you could send that to this type of hub like you were saying but at the same time listeners can do what they want and you don't ever have to change the you know the listeners just take the payload and deal with it if they need to right but in this case it's definitely a pattern around like seeing everything that's going inside of an application so you can kind of replay it and get a sense of what's going on. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the other, another thing I wanted to bring up, uh, so there's a article on PHP 7.1 updates, um, which I don't know if you've had a chance to use PHP 7 at all. I, I've played with it a very little bit. Actually, I think um, uh, now... now uh, Homestead uh, 2 comes it, out with it. it. Yep, it comes out with it, and it also is by default on Forge, which I use a lot just because it's oh, so yeah. simple. Um, but, um, yeah, so it's kind of fun. There's some new stuff, but 7.1, they're talking about a number of things. Um, you know, nothing mind blowing, but pretty cool stuff. So like they've changed, for example, they've changed the way that you can catch multiple exceptions. So, Hmm. you know, in the past where you have to like stack exception blocks, um, now they've made it where it's similar to like a, a conditional statement where you could say like, if it's one of these types of exceptions, like you basically, you can use the, or, um, the and and the or uh, operators to uh, mm-hmm. you know to, to catch multiple exceptions in the same block, uh, which is pretty cool. So you don't have to write a ton of blocks if you just you know you need to handle certain things. Um, other stuff too. There's some updates to the curl HTTP two server push support, um, uh, class constant visibility, void returns, uh, a bunch mm-hmm. of technical stuff. Um, deprecating MyCrypt, uh, which is interesting. Um, I but, think it just didn't have enough. Um, it's the, now they use bcrypt, right? MyCrypt, right. I think, was a lower. Um, oh, that makes uh, sense. I forget the word for it, but just didn't have the same depth. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Um, there's some updates to the list method. Um, anyway, for those kind of techies who are interested in the de- the, the dirty details, there, uh, they're easier to read than they are to podcast about. So we'll put the link in the uh, in the show notes. All right. Cool. Yeah, I haven't really gotten much in the seven. The speeds are amazing, um, yeah. from what I hear. Um, it's just it's funny. We work in such a way that uh, 
Larvo makes it easy too to just not think about these things. Right. Um, right. And but I can, I, I take I, one thing I take back. Other than you know, it's like these are kind of neat styles and ways to do things more efficient. So it would be nice to read them and just practice using them uh, every day. Right. You know, like what's the trip? What's the tip for the day? I want to try and use. Right. Um. So Microsoft. Uh, the next item is Microsoft's Cognitive Service API. And uh, insert joke here about them having trouble with their bot. <laughs> but I, I got to say, that's, I think it's proof positive that, that you know, uh, of everything positive, right? It's like that wasn't a bad thing. That was just showing something went bad, right? Mm, right. It's like how do you know your things are going to work unless you put them out there? And to fear putting things out because things are going to go bad is, is never going to give us good, exciting things. Uh, okay, just to catch listeners up in case in case you didn't hear about this. Um, yeah. So they put out this – in addition to this like cognitive API service, like uh, there was a – within the last month or – I think month. Two months. Month, was it two yeah. months? Okay. So, so they put out this um, – bot on Twitter that uses artificial intelligence and, and basically interacts with the community and learns from those interactions and, you know, will talk back to people and tweet back and like, you know, have these kind of like more intelligent conversations. Well, of course this didn't go over well because, uh, you know, it's, it's on the internet. And so, uh, you know, the second best thing to watching cat videos is like being, uh, ridiculous mean mean on the internet. (laughs) So, uh, uh, which is horrible, but it just actually shows you something about like the, the, the problems inherent with, 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 um, with internet communication and anonymity yeah. and stuff like that. So but, people played the bot and they made it start because the bot would learn by the group it was hanging out with, and slowly the bot became, uh, you know, a, a basically a horrible person. It was it was yelling, racist, Nazi, uh, yeah, awful, awful stuff. Yeah. But um, the the point is, they have an API that you can start using now. You can make a PHP wrapper around it, and you can start building applications that. Don't take you X amount of years of college learning, like, you know, the science of these things, right? You, you basically can start doing things like analyzing pictures, analyzing a tent in, in, a, in, a, in a sentence or a paragraph. Um, you can analyze a tent in pictures, too, if I remember right. And the point is you have all these APIs that you can start using uh, to, to do these cool things. And, and the bigger picture is, it's like, what are, what you know, everything's kind of, you know, it's easy to think that things are trending or things just a trend is going to fade. And, and this one might not. And, and therefore, whatever it's doing is going to apply to the work we do, mm-hmm. I think, in many ways. So getting to know it now um, is, is really neat. And it's really uh, right there for us, you know? Right. Uh, I was starting to write a PHP wrapper uh, to start, you know, as a client just against their services. And, you know, I just was messing around and it's, it's not that hard. Right. I always have a, like, and this is interesting because we've been doing a little more experimentation and work with, with artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like it always, it makes me funny when people come out like the name of this, right? Cognitive services, right? So it's like, um, it, it's a funny thing. Like what, uh, what was that famous Microsoft or I, you know, IBM, whatever that came out like eight years ago that was supposed uh, to Watson. be like Watson, right? There was supposed to be there, like, it, it, there's no, what's it's not supposed to be. It is no, it, it, all right. So you're, so you've like, you've like bought in, like it's, Watson's amazing. it's still it's, going. Dude. I understand. It's, no, no, I understand. It's still going. Yeah. And, and I understand that it's like improving, but my point is, is that like it, and, and it's amazing. Like it's stuff that yeah. I, that I don't even t- fully understand yet. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm working with it a little <clears> and I want to understand it. But my point is, is that when it came out, 
you know, it's like, it's really ambitious. And it, you know, to me, when you, when, when I like the untrained uh, ear or eye, um, I think of like, when I think of like uh, artificial intelligence, I think of people being able to like reason like people. Right. And, um, I, you know, and the stuff that I'm getting involved with, like it's all, there's all math behind it. And I'm not seeing like, if you if you look into it and you start to get into the equations and you start to get into the processes of like how they train data and what the what they're actually doing and again i'm far from understanding this um it, it's all just logic it's not like so when you talk about learning yeah, but that's but it's that's, not learning the way we learn exactly but that's but you just said a statement that has a ton of of gray area like we are learning by logic and it all is math like you know, X equals X plus X. It's like, if I do something, I get something. Or if I don't do something, like, reaction, action. Like, these are all just basic, like, things that are, I think, in many ways definable in in math. Right. Right? And not math, like, one plus one, but just, like, equations of, like, you know, how you can kind of predict some of these things and grow from it. Like, you know, ideally they learn... Um, I forget what the example was, but basically they were showing a robot how to pick up something, and then on its own, the robot figured out a more efficient way to do it. Uh, and it was just a good example of how they didn't program that. The robot figured out if it did this, it would be a more efficient uh, way to get to that particular item. Right. No, it's it makes sense to me. It's still like the and I'm very interested in it. The point is that uh, the point I'm making is that it's very constrained by. Uh, like, like, so we, you know, people on the outside look at it as like it kind of magic, but like, I think if you talk to people who are, um, uh, who specialize in this thing, who actually can read the equations yeah. and stuff, it's not really magic as much as it is, um, uh, you know, there, there, there are constraints on that, right? Like, yeah. like that robot that can pick up stuff, isn't going to learn how to read a book because, uh, yeah. it's not, but hasn't they been have programmed another set of robots read reading, uh, romance novels now. Do that. <laughs> do they yeah because there's predictable patterns in there like i mean all of it's going to come together i mean i think uh what what you're saying is it will never be quote human or have a soul is what you're kind of saying like there or are you saying like it seems like you're saying there's magic somewhere beyond math that makes us um have learning yeah i guess if you want to boil it down to it, it is that i wasn't thinking that's what i was doing but yeah i guess it, it does it does ultimately boil down to like the philosophical question yeah, of right, right. like whether uh, right. of pre i think they call it determinate deterministic like it's that deterministic question like do you really have choice in your life and free yeah. will or are you hard programmed well since this is like hard developers hangout i have no no uh that's a subject we can't go into <laughs> well you wanted but, to you wanted to talk about uh cognitive services i, I mean but it is saying. it is there the api is there for us to start using and building cool things slack you know communications search in your uh, website or whatever that you can take to the next level because it has this type of, um, you know, input. And also I realized, you know, eight years ago, whatever, everybody wanted a website. Now pretty soon everybody wants a bot or some of this type of technology integrated into their, into their, uh, technology, you know, existing technology stack. Absolutely. All right. Next one. Okay. So, um, (laughs) the last news article, um, Laravel API documentation generator. I haven't tried this out yet. This is just Hmm. actually a link to a package. Uh, I, I've I've looked through it. It's it's kind of interesting. Um, we a couple, a year and a half ago we, we used Swagger for a project, which the end result was awesome. Like the end result, yeah. meaning like the the documentation you got and the the kind of like uh, what that offered was really cool. 
the implementation was painful so much so that that uh that that al banished it from the kingdom um so we don't use swagger anymore but um this looks very similar to that but uh not as uh not not as challenging in terms of uh requirements for like with with swagger you had to really get everything right and it was uh it was a bit it, it, you had to learn what was going on. This, it looks like you, you can, it'll basically just automatically generate oh, content. So it's really for you. good. And it yeah. understands Laravel validation. Exactly. exactly. Uh, we'll give this a try. Um, ideally, what I want to do is I want to turn our, our uh, BHAT Gherkin test into documentation. Yeah. And then we're testing, um, we're defining payloads in, in those tests. Right. Um, but this really looks good. Cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All, All right, right, latest readings. Um, so. There's a lot of little book stuff going on. We're still doing continuous delivery um, by Jez Humble. As I am, uh, it's good. It's a long read, but it's good. Uh, and ThoughtWorks released their radar, so ThoughtWorks radar is another read going on. And again, just a good list of um, technologies to look out for. And we'll talk about that further in a show coming up uh, as we try to go in depth on this particular uh, amazing research uh, that they do. Yeah, um, it's really, really good, really strong. If you haven't checked it out, you should it, check it's out. It's totally fun to read, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I'm about the same for me. I really haven't, aside from what you mentioned, I, I haven't, an occasional article here, I've basically been uh, head down with work and the yeah. SaaS product. And, yeah. yeah. SaaS products will do that to you. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, all right, well, let's dive in deep here. Let's, uh, the, so our next, sep- our next section, we, we wanted to talk about feature flags. Um, and let me set this up a little bit. The um, so for those of you who don't know, um, so there's there's a couple different so 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 feature flags is a bit of a charged word because some people look at it as like just the ability to turn features on and off. Um, so if you're familiar with Laravel, this would be akin to you know. ENV variables can sometimes be featured flag, right? So you could build yeah. a feature where you yeah. just have an ENV variable, environment variable that's like my feature on or, you know, true or false, on or off, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, and, and then there's packages. So I, in fact, I built a package. It's, uh, you, and, 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 and we both well, hold did. on now, hold on now, hold on now. <laughs> Um, I, so, so we started talking about this and, and Al did start working on a package that I thought was way, just way more complex than what we needed. And he started going with it and I was, I was listening and learning, but I, in the meantime, I took a day and just wrote my own package, uh, called feature toggles. So you, you can still check this out in both of our repositories. We'll link to them. Um, I'll put a note on mine cause That's I know, I no longer like mine is very, mine I think is useful for, uh, s- s- like really small projects where you're working by yourself or with one other person and you're not like, uh, it wouldn't be good for enterprise projects like what we do most of the time during our day jobs. So, um, w- we'll talk about this a little bit, but, but my, f- my the, the first feature pack I, I started to take the, the feature toggles package was really just a, 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 almost like, a, I, I don't like to put things in the environment, too many things in the environment variables. Cause it's outside of co- source control. It's not track traceable. You need a developer to mess with it. So we, we wanted a way where like, um, uh, uh, non-developers could um, could interact with this, but also these feature toggles, but also um, that even for the developers, they're in source control, which is a big, it's an important thing when you're doing continuous delivery. Um, so then Al's got a, a bit of a more uh, co- uh, feature-rich and complex package, which I'll, he'll talk about in just a minute. But I want to I want to point out this distinction that there there actually is a pretty big distinction between like, uh, at first, when I started thinking about feature flags, I really was just thinking like, oh, I need a way to turn this on and off. 
and that's it. Um, there's a lot more to it than that. Al, do you want to introduce your package and, and kind of where we're at with that? Well, I mean, and this isn't like we don't get anything but exposure, uh, and we know how much you can spend exposure uh, for making a package, so we're definitely not selling anything. Um, but that package was our solution to plugging in, uh, I think it was a fork of an Etsy library uh, that we wrapped inside this package, to, to basically use Gate, which is part of Laravel, to turn things on and off at the view level um, and inside of your classes and validation. I have some documentation for that I need to add uh, so that you can uh, not only turn things on and off, but say if this user is in this group or if this user has this email or is if, you know, and you can have an array of users. Uh, and then even go to the point of like, um, you know, what is this server we're on or what, where is the traffic coming from? And, and that's all built into the Etsy uh, part of it. And then we just wrapped around it the, the logic Laravel gives you with the gate um, um, provider it has where you can like check for things and see if they're true or false at that point and return true or false to, to um, you know, respond to it. Uh, so uh, that defines the packages. As far as feature flags go, you know, like Nathan's saying, um, <clears throat> and it's a big picture thing. It's like um, for the average developer it can come in handy because I mean, we do it already like you're selling something that only goes to members at a certain level. So it, 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 it's not, it, it kind of can get confused with that and we're not using it for that. We're basically saying we're developing on mainline and at any moment mainline's going to be pushed to, to, to be the production server. Right? So at any moment, what you're working on needs to be, uh, a lot, uh, able to go to, to production and, and not mess with anything. So the feature flag workflow basically allows us to turn things, uh, hide things as needed, right? So at one point you can hide them and say, hey, I'm not done with this, but we have a hotfix or something else that needs to go live. I don't want anyone to see my new, bud my new button or my new modal or my new form or my new link. So you can do that. And at the same time, your thinking and logic works down to validation and, and, and it works down to models and migrations. So it's also a way of thinking about writing code. And one of the things that we talked about this last night on uh, Larry Chat Live, it, it actually is around these habits of building things small so that at any point they, they work, uh, they f like Legos, they fit into something, but at the same time can be pulled out of something and, and, and in ideally not break all the stuff they're being pulled out of. Hmm. So it's actually a bigger picture thing uh, in, in our sense, and it's not just about um, uh, showing things for certain people because you know, they bought that membership level. I think it could get dangerous at that level yeah. uh, and clumsy. Um, uh, but it can be helpful if the QA person logs in and they have, you know, their emails, foo at foo.com, and you're like, hey, just show it to them right? Totally. and not to everybody else. And, and another thing, too, that came up was, like, you know, you don't want many of these happening at once. So you have your application and you're, you're working on something, and you have two of these maybe active at a time. But once it's approved and once it's done, you pull it out and you just make it a regular part of your application. Ah, you right. You remove the wrappers. Okay, so then you remove that feature. So it's no longer a feature flag at that point. Yeah, you remove the thing in the view that was checking gate to see if I should show this. You remove that thing in the model that was, or, or in the validation that was checking gate before it validates. Uh, and you remove these little pieces that wrap your code. And again, working in small chunks, your your code is no longer that hard to follow, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
That's really cool. I think the other thing, so I, I was a little resistant at first. Um, like with everything. Well, I guess so. <laughs> I guess. Um, the, the, uh, for good reason. And I, I think it ultimately worked out because some of the ideas that I was coming up with in the, um, in, in the feature toggle package, we, we ultimately moved over into Al's package. Um, and that, and that, and that worked out really nice. There was some configuration stuff, but more importantly, um, we, we, so we typically are using both a backend framework, Laravel, PHP, but also a front end framework of some kind, some kind of JavaScript, typically, um, typically, uh, angular on our bigger projects. And so there, there needed to be a way to like get feature flags to like settings to both of those things. Um, so that you can, you know, you want to be able to hide, you know, you want to be able to protect routes and, and also, uh, enable or disable certain functionality on the back end, but you also need to do the same thing on the front end. And so there needs to be a way, um, a way to do that. And, um, you know, so th- this package also provides that. Yeah. And it was nice cause we tied it into Laravel gate, um, which does have a limitation cause our package is very much about authenticated use cases. Um, because that's all we needed. Um, but we have had to deal with anonymous use cases because, uh, or unauthenticated cause now we're using it in our workers, uh, because a worker might not be ready for a certain thing, but you, you have the code going in there. Um, so it was a good example of where we had to deal with it at the worker level and we found a solution that we need to document and make it maybe uh, obviously better. Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's one thing to, to consider. Yeah. But I'm curious what other people have been doing as well. I mean, I know that like, uh, feature flags are, are nothing new in the enterprise world. I think there's even, I forget the name of the company right now, but when Etsy, we, well, they had a video on it, but you're, you were going to say a service. Yeah. There's yeah, a service out yeah, there that we right. looked at when we were first doing the research on this. Yeah. And, and they were talking about Facebook using the process, not their service, but they were writing about it. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Good point. Going dark or something, dark deployments yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Dark um, deploy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. So it's not new, like you said, and, and it's not, like weird, like something that might not work, right? Yeah. But it's part of a bigger picture, which as we brought up the subject, I was thinking, um, you know, it's called launchdarkly.com. What I was thinking is that, you know, to talk about this outside of mainline, outside of these practices, outside of like migrations that can be nullable, uh, and and also not thinking like, you know, we haven't talked about edge cases, um, you know, like uh, complex migrations, uh, complex changes to a website that might not fall into a feature flag. And at that point, you handle it a little differently. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to deal with those 80 to 90% moments of like, hey, we're, f- we're programming on mainline and, and, and things are on hold for this thing. So it, right. even though mainline's going out because of a hotfix, uh, and it was really interesting because a hotfix, once we, and this is about mainline, but once we get into that flow, a hotfix was no longer a hotfix. Um, but it's all around these strategies and disciplines that feature flags brought to the table that made that possible. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Like we're, we're, um, you know, we're still in the early stages of it. We're, we're at, we're at a place where things are really, they're planned out and implementation wise, we, uh, we have a working system, so it's exciting to see. But we yeah. we are far from having all the kinks worked out. Uh, we, we as I think we've mentioned in the past, we 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 maintain a number of projects, um, and so we're not completely converted over yet. All of our newer stuff, our our newer services and newer applications are are using this model, using feature flags, uh, using continuous delivery, and this new testing method, which we'll probably talk about next time. Um, 
but it'll be interesting and we're we're definitely working out some of the some some of the kinks still and we'll go into details about mainline that's one of our topics coming up um because it is a cool topic and it's challenging yeah it, it really blew is. us all away when it was brought up um five months ago or something we're like whatever that will never work yeah so yeah some interesting integration challenges though it'll be fun to talk with you about we actually haven't we've been working so hard we haven't even really discussed all this yet but um but yeah well it'll be fun to talk about and to kind of like you know what i'm talking about specifically which we'll talk about more later is like you know how you know we now have services where it's like services and applications where some of them are using mainline and others are still using the the typical old uh you know local dev uh, yeah, stage production and getting those production. getting yeah. those to play nicely together can sometimes yeah. be a little tricky um so it's been interesting i mean it's all going to work out um man it'll be fun to talk about i'm looking forward to it uh in the coming episodes yeah yeah so we'll link to that library and it has some links to some nice documentation and articles about it by martin fowler again uh so it's 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 worth thinking about in the bigger picture too yeah I think that's it. I think we yep. we did what we did it. Um, so I think you know, with all with all luck and some 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 divine uh, forces, we won't take another four months nope. to make the next episode. Nope. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, it'll be it'll be sooner. Um, anything else, Al? No, that was it. Thanks, cool. uh, everybody. Uh, feel free to um, you know upvote us on iTunes. We're now in Google Podcasts. Uh, and, uh, of course we have our website, developerhangouts.io, uh, and you can check out show notes there and, and, uh, share that with other people. All right. Talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you can just take a moment to rate us on iTunes, it's a big, big help. Or you can follow us on Twitter at devs hangout and tweet about the show. Another way is to visit our website at developershangout.io. Leave comments, suggestions, and see show notes. Uh, it really helps us to get the feedback keeps us focused, gives us ideas, gives us energy for the next show. And once more, we just want to say thanks to our sponsors, PHP Arc, for putting out a great magazine every month and including us in it. Thanks again. See you next show. <laughs>